Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles, welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com, coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, and a whole bunch more, and syndicated radio networks as well. And in fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60 and number two podcast on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Uh, Is your career making you a zombie? How to go from Walking Dead to Invincible, whose career is on fire. So for all you caregivers out there who want the career you've been dreaming about, Mustafa Amar is the founder and CEO of The Passion MBA. It's a global coaching company, and he's also a life coach who coached hundreds of professionals around the world to find their dream careers and build their dream businesses. Mustafa is the author of the upcoming book, The Passion Project, Build the Career You Were Born to Have and Find Your Life and find your life purpose. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> but before we get started, I want to take this moment and thank my last week's guest, Roz Jones. She's a compassionate, innovative healthcare industry leader whose goal is to make healthy difference in the lives of men, women, and children. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one, on our membership website, caregiverdave.com or any of our other 26 global networks that I mentioned earlier. Okay, enough of that. Mustafa, welcome to the Caregiver Dave Show. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure being with you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And I always like to ask my guests just who is Mustafa Amar and why was he placed on this earth? Start with the... In in brief, I'm I'm Egyptian by nationality uh, and I'm a global citizen. I recognize the name. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm a global citizen. I lived in five continents, you know, over, you know, the, the last... Uh, three decades and plus. Uh, I work in in different careers. I have lived several career lives. I started my first career as a a pharmacist out of passion for chemistry. Uh, (laughs) My second career life was as a diplomat out of passion of traveling the world and bridging gaps among different cultures and learning foreign languages too. Uh, then I had a third career life as an investment banker. So I work uh, in a multinational investment bank, uh, which is very similar. No stopping you Egyptians. <laughs> You're overachievers. I'm Syrian. We're very close. Uh, to <laughs> Exactly. We're so close. Exactly. I so, go on, you get into number four. <laughs> and then after investment banking for four years, uh, and that was out of passion of developing some uh, uh, you know, developing countries in the Middle East and Africa. And then I moved to what, uh, what I'm doing right now. My current life as an entrepreneur, as a life coach, as an author, 
I thought that I had lived my life with values and concepts that transformed my life. And I really wanted to share them with, you know, people around me and the world as well. You know, you bring up a good point. You've, you've done a lot and you've succeeded a lot and you're, you've become a somebody. No doubt one day you were a nobody. But, <laughs> exactly. uh, what's your recommendation for uh, caregivers who are trying to start all over again? I mean, did you have a mentor? I used to have, of course, over, uh, you know, over my career change. But I still remember I, when I was struggling in my first career transition. When I was a pharmacist, I wanted to be a diplomat. I was struggling with my inner doubts, you know, people around me who were always telling me, no, 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 you cannot do it. You are a pharmacist. And how the hell do you want to be a doctor? Ah, the voice of the enemy. First, first it's in our head and then it's confirmed in the, in the voices of our friends and family. Exactly. So I think there are two steps here. The first is to figure out your passions. So it's really crucial because I, I am sure that if I didn't have enough passion for whatever I was doing, I would fall at some point, you know, I would listen to them and then, you know, I would fail. Uh, I spent some time on understanding my passions. And at that point, I really wanted to do it. That was my dream career. And the idea here is that I have to do my best. I have to give it all what I got because I don't want to regret, you know. Yeah, nothing like the pain of regret. Exactly. And then the second step was to build my faith. My faith in myself, my faith in, in, in the universe, that it will always give you if you do your best. I still remember that discussion with people around me every day. People used to tell me, do you think you do it? Because that's a big contest. You know, it's like 2,000 contestants. At the end of the day, they take 20. And I still remember that question all the time. Do they think that they take you and leave who, whoever is much better than you, whoever you know, is an expert in that and this? And I was talking to myself every day and I asked myself the same question. Do you think you can do it? And I say, it might be impossible for me, but it's not impossible for God. So in the same moment, when I say it's not impossible for God, then come back to myself and I say, then focus on your part. Do your part first. You do your part, God will do his part. Exactly, exactly. So the two lessons learned here is focus on your passion and then build some faith in yourself. So did you even have a passion for being a pharmacist when you started? I had. I, I so had. Your passion, passion can change, right? Exactly. <clears throat> it's, it's something I discovered along the journey is that your passion change or alter along the way because our personality change, right? So me and you 10 years ago, I'm sure we were a different person. You know? I'm a different person today. Yes. Exactly. So our passions, our priorities, our values even might change. So... Wise people understand their passions. They listen to the callings that are coming to them. They might change their lives. And at some point when I was 16, I really wanted to be a pharmacist because I wanted to study all kinds of chemistry. I didn't care much about what I would do next, but I said, if I don't study all kinds of chemistry now, <laughs> I think I would die. And, you know, at some point you might think, oh, this, you're wasting your time. You know, you, you're just... You did chemistry, you did pharmacy, and then you changed your career. You're starting from scratch. I give you one single example of how my chemistry helped me with something else in my life. So, you know, the organic chemistry is very simple. You're drawing a compound. Okay. So you are visualizing that compound. There's a logic when you draw that compound. And I still remember when I went to China, I worked in China for 10 years and as a diplomat, as a banker as well. 
Um, in the beginning, I was learning Chinese. So I figured out that it was super easy for me to learn how to read and write Chinese. I really? didn't have <laughs> any clue at that point that what's happening. You know, I didn't know. But when I connected things, I understood that there is a concept called analogical thinking. When you bring the expertise that you have in the past or your formal experience to a new domain, you can easily reflect on that. So again, back to, to chemistry, it's a logic. You are drawing from one compound to the other, from one side to the other. The same happens in Chinese characters. You are exactly drawing in the same logic. You start with one point to another point. So the, the free takeaway here is, you know, whatever you are learning, you will, you will never miss. You will always use it at some point or another. That's right. Everything builds upon itself. Uh, exactly. It's the foundation. It's exactly. 100%. And I asked about uh, mentors before, because I know you do coaching. Um, is, it, is it difficult for someone to go through uh, the beginning and work through the passions and through the different industries, et cetera, without somebody guiding them or telling them, hey, I've done this. Here's, how, here's the way. Uh, do you know anybody who's done it without a mentor or without uh, it's, a coach? It's, it's not easy. It's really not easy. You really have to find people around you. I, I did it in the first step by myself, but that was very, very harsh. I learned uh, my hard lesson is, first, you need to extend your network. So you need to find people in that new domain. You know, go and find them. You know, surround yourself with them because they are speaking in the same language in your future language. They are talking about the same thing, right? And then found a mentor or two or three. Uh, don't stick to one because each one you're going to learn a lot from. Um, and even in my current journey, I'm, I'm, I'm having four or five mentors, one in building businesses, one in storytelling, you know, right. one in uh, marketing books. So I'm learning a lot from people. So it's, it's a really long journey. Yeah. Wow. So the, I, I can tell you're very confident. You, you weren't always this confident, were you? No, definitely not. Uh, I mean, I, I would tell you when I was a kid, I was, I was, you know, I grew up as a very, very shy boy. Very, very shy. Uh, I couldn't too. talk a few <laughs> words. But I believed in something. I, I, I believed in hard work. That was the, I thought at that time, that's the only way, you know, to find my ways. Um, another big lesson I learned very early in my life was from Rocky, the movie. You know, yeah. uh, I love the movie. And I still remember at five, six years old, I was seeing him, you know, he got hit. He fall down, you know, he was an underdog and he fall down. And then he keeps fighting back. He gets up again and keep fighting and then win. That was very inspiring for me. So yeah, when I saw all movie. this around me, I say hard work always pays off. Yeah. yeah. When I visited Philadelphia, there's things that I wanted to see. Three things. One was the Rocky statue. And I had to wait in line 20 minutes to take a picture of the statue. <laughs> exactly. Of and the other one was a cheesesteak sandwich and uh, the Liberty Bell. But uh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing that, um, that confidence is something that doesn't just come overnight. The more you do, the more confident you become. And uh, well, it's scary to go out there and do things, isn't it? But um, Tony Robbins said, when it's scary, you must. So is fear the enemy? Uh, did you fight with fear? Uh, fear was always around me. Um, I, I had, I would say, 
one of the kinds of fears, I would say, fear of being ridicule, ridiculous, you know, fear of ridicule. Uh, because at some point, people will look at you, point at you and say, oh, what are you doing? You're wasting your time, you know? And look at other people who are much better than you. And I would always come back to myself and be sure that this is my passion. It really, it will transform my life if I, if I could do it. And I have to build faith in myself. And I always say to myself, I don't have anything to lose. I'm not proving anything to anybody. I'm just proving it to myself. And the other belief I, I, I knew from the beginning of my life that I have only one life. Each one of us has only one life. And I, I'm not here to live my life just to, you know, pay my bills and die. I, I really wanted to do something different. I wanted to enjoy the things that I'm, I'm doing. I wanted to have an impact on people around me. You want to change the world. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> now, caregiving came into your life during your fourth career. Tell us about that. Uh, um, so caregiving ha has been always uh, uh, around, but I still remember early last year, 2020, uh, I was still in my banking career. Um, and then with lockdown and situation happening, I supposed to be in China at that time, but then I was in London with my family, spending a holiday with them. But then suddenly over the, the coming few weeks, um, my sister got sick, my mom got sick, and my dad got sick at the same time. With COVID? Uh, uh, no, my dad has a, a, a blackout in his eye. Uh, so I was the one who was taking him to the, you know, several hospitals until we figure out what's happening. Uh, my sister got few tumors in her uterus wow. and in her uh, hip uh, bone as well. So we took some time over weeks to realize what's happening. And uh, with my mom, my mom has some, you know, chronic health issues, but then we figure out that she has an issue with her uh, platelet counts. So it dropped quickly to uh, you know, a very, very uh, low level. At that point, I was asked by my boss in my bank, in the bank, to go back to China. And I had to decide. So, and I say, uh, sorry, I'm quitting this uh, because I don't have any other option. I have to take care of my and family. Line up with your priorities. Exactly. And uh, I still imagine if I just listened to him and went back, I would regret all my life. But I spent the whole 2020 uh, taking care of my family and their health issues wow. uh, while building my things. I say, whatever time I'm having, even if it's like late at night, I will work on my coaching you know, uh, uh, plan. Always and, working. Exactly. And I learned that big lesson that if you give up anything, for your family or for the people who are close to you, life will give you much more. Well, life will reward you even much more than you deserve. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, the three essential elements that you speak about that anybody can use to rebuild his or her own career because caregivers often either get fired or have to give up their job because yeah. they just can't do both. They're caring for their loved one like you had to choose. Yeah. They have to choose. And so um, some of them are you know, not paying the bills. Uh, maybe they're behind in the rent. Maybe they had to give up their apartment and move in with their mother or something. Uh, who knows? Exactly. You know, burnout in general has many reasons. And one of the structural reasons is the lack of passion. So forget about, you know, working environment or pressure at work or your boss or your colleagues. Uh -huh. If you don't have enough passion for whatever you're doing, you will burn out very quickly. So, Let's imagine this analog here. Uh, 
let's imagine that you are on a long journey driving your car for thousands of miles across the country. Um, so you need three essential elements here. The first is enough gas, you know, until you finish you know, the whole journey. Second is a GPS tracker because you are traveled in, you know, in roads you never traveled uh, in before. And the third is a final destination. Okay, so without enough gas, you will run out of gas at some point, right? And without the GPS tracker, how would you be able to travel in, you know, across the whole country without, you know, something that is leading in the right you? direction? And exactly. And the final destination, you know, what's the benefit of a GPS without a final destination? So in our case here, our passions are, you know, uh, uh, are the fuel or the gas that you're having. If you don't have enough passion, you run out of gas and you burn out very quickly. Right. Your values are your GPS. So without those values, you know, you, you may lose your tracks. You may, you may you lose your points. You, you have to have your values around me, guiding you around, you know, along the journey. And without the final destinations, which is your vision for your dream lifestyle, each one of us should have a dream lifestyle in, in, in his or her mind. Thinking of, you know, where I want to live, which city I want to live, which place, you know, which which ideal weekday, which ideal uh, weekend, you know, that I should have. With whom should I spend it? Yeah. It's so crucial. So if you don't satisfy or if your career doesn't satisfy any of those elements, you will always burn out quickly. So that's why we burn out. We run out of gas, huh? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> so what about the major effects of career burnout on professionals? What, what usually happens when we burn out? What are the symptoms uh, well, there is a, a very interesting study that showed that 70% of full-time employees, they had burnout at least once in their lives. And there's another statistic, I can't remember what it is, but it's in the 90s, 90-something percent of people hate their jobs. Exactly. Now, there was a song that came out in the 70s, Take This Job and Shove It, and it was a very popular song. <laughs> exactly. 85%, as you say, 85. of 1 billion, 1 billion full-timers around the world, they hate their jobs. And that's, that's so sad. I love my job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and then seeing all of this, 23% have suffered, are suffering burnout all the time. And when you look at, you know, the, the side effects of burnout, you would imagine, you know, disease or illness like diabetes, you know, like uh, heart disease, yeah. Yeah. heart attacks, right? High blood pressure. And looking at at least those 23%, they are at a very, very, very high risk. Yeah. So they really have to take care. Of it. And I think the first step is to be aware of the symptoms. Because yeah. if you're not aware of the symptoms, how are you going to react? Or at least know that you are might be developing burnout and then start yeah. acting accordingly, right? Yeah. And in caregiving, it's actually worse. It's 30% of caregivers will actually die from the stress exactly. before their loved one dies. It, Exactly. And then uh, many more, some think as high as 60%, will actually become sicker than the one they're caring for, being hospitalized and eventually need a caregiver of their own. That leaves 10% of caregivers out there are, are healthy, doing the right things, putting their oxygen mask on first. Exactly. Uh, it's an epidemic, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And, and not uh, just in caregiving. Uh, yeah, and when you are caregiving, you really have to take care, take care of yourself first. You know, because how you want to take care of yourself unless uh, take care of others, unless you take care of yourself. Yeah, you never go down alone. You always take uh, people with you. 
Exactly. And, and here I think resilience is, is so crucial. So if we don't build resilience, if we don't have enough faith in ourselves, if we don't express gratitude all the time, if we don't build a flexible mindset that life can always hit back very rough, rough and us, how we would be able to keep pushing forward and supporting people around us. Yes, life is very unforgiving, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't care what race you are, what color you are, what faith you are. Exactly. Or, uh, hits, what nationality you are, etc. Uh, exactly. um, so you, you say that if, if they would just find passion, that that is a recipe for getting out of uh, burnout. Yeah. I, and how, I, can I, someone, I, how can someone find their passion? Because sometimes I talk to people and they say, uh, well, I say, what are you passionate about? And he says, sure. I'm not passionate about anything. I'm just so burned out. I just think they're in a bad place. They need to like take a break, clear their mm-hmm. head, go get a massage. Exactly. And then maybe the, the blood will flow back to their brain and they can figure out what they're passionate about. Whatever exactly. puts a smile on your face. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I spent all my years, I, I went back and recalled all my memories to, you know, come up with a methodology to build your passions. But if I might here, because of our times is short, if I might here say two things. Yes. First, I would say that your passions are I would say the seeds that God implants in your heart to figure out what's your life purpose. So it's something that implanted in your heart. Some people ignore. And if you ignore it, you know, you, you need to worry it, right? So if you, if you don't do, it will die. But if you keep watching it, if you keep trying to understand what's this passion and, and what's happening around, then you might find a clue. And I think the first step is not to ignore the callings. Like, imagine how many times we received callings in our life. Like, oh, I love this thing. I I would love to do that thing. I would love. And such a pity, the majority around us are are not able to receive those, you know, callings or, or react to them or try to understand them. But wise people try to understand them and then give them some time. And definitely they will lead them to their next passions. Yeah, because maybe, you know, now is not the time, but maybe next year will be the time. Exactly. Or maybe, uh, you know, other things need to change. Maybe you're not in the right city, but instead of just shutting it down and say, oh, I could never do that, you know, exactly. and then shutting the door, uh, leave it open. Exactly. And in my different career transitions, that was the clue that I had. I, I said, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know there is a calling for something. I will keep exploring that calling and I will figure out and see. And it, sometimes it happens over two or three years and, and sometimes over in one year, but then it led you to your next, you know, career, dream career or your next, I would say, life purpose. Yeah. And, and you know, there's a famous question that says, uh, after someone, you know, like I lost a lot of money in 2008 during the meltdown, I'm sure everyone did, yeah. or most everyone did, except for the CEOs, they got bonuses. <laughs> but because uh, that, that's the industry you're in, I bet you can tell me a thing or two about it. But um, so when they go through something bad like that, uh, they're asked the question, well, gee, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? You know, in my case, I bought a wrong investment property. That was the worst thing to be invested in when uh, 2008 happened. And and I thought that I would say, well, I, I wouldn't buy that property or with my wife's stroke, you know, uh, oh, I would have taken to her a different hospital. 
But yeah. you know what? The more I think about it, I wouldn't change a thing because yeah. life is going to happen and, and you need to use whatever is happening. All things work together for goods. The Bible tells us exactly. And uh, right. God gives us the strength to get exactly. through what we're going through exactly. because our trials will teach us perseverance perseverance will t- give us character and etc. And so uh, pain and trials and disappointments and trouble are necessary ingredients in succeeding, isn't it? Exactly. And research shows that uh, people don't regret their mistakes for a long time. You know, if you commit a mistake, if you have even a big mistake, you will, you know, keep learn remembering it for a while. And that's it. But then you learn from it and act, right? Yeah. But the long-lasting regrets, which are staying with people until the last moments in their lives, are about the things they wanted to do, but they never did. The adventures that they want to explore, but they never did. The dreams, the, the careers or the skills that they wanted to learn, and yeah. they never did. Um, so that brings us back again to this triangle of passions, values, and your vision of the dream lifestyle. If you are clear of them, those three elements, don't care about anything else, you know, yeah. whatever mistake you will do along the way, you know, your passions, even if they're changing over time. So that's actually, I would call it, you are reincarnating your life. Like <laughs> I think I'm living my fourth life right now while I'm still in my late thirties. It's like, wow, because, you know, I, I lived, you know, life long time ago as a pharmacist. Then I live another life as a diplomat. Then a third, then a fourth now. You know, success leaves clues. And every time you talk, it's very hard for you not to smile. So I can tell that you're very passionate about what you're doing. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will have an opportunity, you know, opportunity knocks on the door and they're too afraid to go through it. You say, wouldn't it be nice too? But you know what? If you don't go through that door, there's a hundred percent chance that you will fail. Exactly. You know, but if you do go through the door, okay, maybe there's no guarantee that you'll succeed, but you at least have a 50, 50 chance. I'll take those odds in Las Vegas any day, 50-50 over zero. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. And, you know, looking, looking at this, I, something I learned, uh, a big lesson I learned in my life is that big opportunities, you know, they don't come to you unless they send you a smaller opportunities first. So they coordinate, the whole universe coordinates. So before you get your big opportunity, you'll find maybe a small opportunity at work to do something out of your task you know, uh, description or, or whatever else, that you're going to learn something new from it. So you, when, when you explore it, it opens a new door. And then that new doors open up everything to uh, the, the big experience and the big opportunity yeah. that's coming. So my humble advice to myself and everybody, don't ever close the door toward any small opportunity. Explore everything. You never know. Yeah. So with the last couple of minutes, so why don't you give us your contact information and anything else that you uh, didn't get a chance to say that I didn't ask you? Thank you, Dave. So uh, the, my name is Mustafa Amar. You can always find uh, uh, my website is thepassionmba.com. You can find me on social media on Instagram as thepassionmba as well. Um, and uh, on LinkedIn as uh, Mustafa Amar, uh, M-U-S-T-A-F-A, Amar, A-W-M-A. And it was a pleasure being with you, Dave. It's, it's so nice. One last parting words for a uh, caregiver who's sitting there saying, uh, I need that. I need to do that. But give them the first step. So right for, a long journey begins with the first step, doesn't it? Exactly. Find your passions and build your own faith. 
is so crucial. Your faith means resilience. Your faith means patience, optimism, and you will get there. So maybe they need to get a piece of paper and say, if this was the last year of your life, if you knew you were going to die in a few months, exactly. what would you do differently? That's a, that's a tremendous question. It, it, exactly. And the, always they need to visualize themselves. And I do this with myself. I do this with my clients too. Visualize yourself in your last day in your life. You are done, you know, and look at the regrets. And the major regrets there are always the things that you wanted to do, but never did. So at right. least <clears throat> start trying, right? Okay. Well, gosh, it's been a great time with you. Thank you. And again, a reminder, all our shows are recorded podcasts and video casts, and they're on our platforms mentioned. My website is caregiverdave.com. I've got three free gifts for caregivers that uh, are yours for free. Just go. It's a free membership website. Give me your email and we're not going to bug you, but it's a, it's a, a support group that is full of uh, tools and resources, everything you need, not to just survive, but to thrive caregiving. So in, until we see you again, we'll see you next time. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye. Our featured speaker is a best-selling author who has written numerous books and articles. He's a speaker, life coach, and host of Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver radio program. He frequently appears on television and radio shows all across the country and has even shared the stage with Suzanne Summers at Harvard. But his most important role is caregiver to his beautiful wife, Charlene, for over 22 years. Please welcome Mr. Dave Nassani! I want to share with you a love story. In a couple of weeks, my wife and I will be celebrating 44 years of being together. My wife, Charlene, and I had a fairy tale, storybook, romance, courtship, and marriage for the first 21 years of our lives together. One day out of nowhere, my wife has a headache, the headache of her life. She suffered a massive stroke and it left her severely speech impaired and paralyzed on the right side. And in that moment, our world turned upside down. I gotta tell you, the next two years was like a living hell. I just didn't know what to do. I felt guilty most of the time. I became a caregiver. I didn't even know what a caregiver was. I was experiencing the same problems that other caregivers experienced. If you don't take care of you, I can't take care of her. Well, that's why I wrote the book. Now I can teach other caregivers. I'm living proof that you can thrive as a caregiver. My wife and I travel now all over the world sharing our story. One day, life is gonna call upon you to be the captain of your boat. Heck, you might be saving your own life. Thank you. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing. Uh.